We're back. And I was forced to interrupt Bill Walton in response to a question I put to him a moment ago, but we're giving him another opportunity to finish the thought and also talk to us about uh, another Chinese threat emanating from, uh, unfortunately, the same general uh, idea, which is that we want to have um, more engagement with China in a, a digital currency. But Bill, finish your thought and then talk a little bit about the E1. Well, I was I was I was wandering into this notion that it's complicated simply to set up the fact that it's complicated in in terms of managing or monitoring uh, investments in Chinese companies. But it's very simple and uncomplicated when you think about the morality or the strategic interests of the United States. And the Thrift Investment Board has basically said, "Gee, guys, the Morgan Stanley Index has got six thousand nine hundred eighty-eight companies in it, and we're not sure which one of them are doing business with China, and it's going to be very complicated to figure this out. And oh, by the way, we really don't care if these Chinese companies haven't been approved by the PCAOB, which is the pension or the accounting board, which oversees uh, the audits of public companies. Chinese industry, Chinese companies, are the only ones that don't comply." with PCIOB uh, requirements. And so we're actually asking the, the federal agency to do a little work to figure out which companies that Americans ought to be investing in. And, and fortunately, we've written a letter, we've calling them on it, and, and, and they have to respond, I think, uh, positively to what we're, uh, what we're asking. It's something that Trump put in place, but it's also something that Biden followed up with just a year ago and so even the Biden administration sees that this is a real threat to America. Indeed it does. And uh, this is an opportunity for bipartisanship to the good of the country for a change. Um, Bill, let me ask you quickly, uh, Kyle Bass, another member of our Committee on the Present Danger China, had a fantastic interview. I mean, really one of the best I've ever seen uh, with uh, Jan Yekdelek of um, Epic Times. And it was a sort of tour de raison of what's going on with China, but he was particularly alarmed about and warning of what is happening with the Chinese effort to create a digital currency that they'll be trying to push on the world, I think probably as a alternative to the US dollar as the reserve currency of the world. Uh, can they pull that off? And do you share Kyle Bass's concerns? Well, I share his concerns, and can they pull it off depends on how alert we are to what they're doing. And I think by talking about it now is, is the right approach. You know, the Chinese yuan is, is not really used in any kind of trade because people don't trust the Chinese banks to uh, preserve its value. And what they're doing instead is they're trotting out a, a so-called digital currency, central bank digital currency. And this is something that almost 80 countries have uh, are working now to put in place, including our own Federal Reserve Board. Now, you say digital currency, well, isn't that a lot like my ATM card or, or, or whatever? And this must be a Beijing calling right now. They're, they're onto us. Um, it's not like your ATM card. It's not just a simple digital transaction. What they do with this is they actually collect a lot of information about who, is, who has the account, they get your social security number or whatever the ID number is in China right now. They've got your address. They've got what the transaction's about. They have all your personal data linked to this, uh, this currency. And that's extremely attractive to the Chinese. I mean, for example, and, and Kyle points this out, if, 
if Americans uh, hold this currency, this digital currency, and they're tracking all this information, China is, they can find out who's running out of money and whether they've got issues with their, with their marriage, maybe divorce, something like that. And the Chinese can use that information to go to people who are in, in times of stress and, and co-opt them. And we've, we've seen that happen in our research institutions and universities around the country already, uh, not with the currency, but just with the flat cash. Yeah, no, exactly right. This whole elite capture business is uh, one of the applications of uh, this kind of uh, data mining, data manipulation, data utilization. Um, I concur, and I think you do too, with Kyle's general assessment that uh, this is a very dubious idea. And well, we know, we ought to be not not alert just to the Chinese effort to do this, but all governments' efforts to do it. Because, as I mentioned last week, the, there's this libertarian notion: we'll have digital currencies that are free from the state interference. That's not the case. The states are very interested in controlling this uh, new technology. Bill, I, we're going to run out of time here very shortly. Two minutes or so on Twitter. You mentioned it a moment ago. What do you make of what is happening uh, with Elon Musk, the board, and uh, and the future of the uh, rather dubious social media platform that seems the dominant one in shaping our narratives? We ought to be flat out thrilled that Elon Musk is, is making this effort to take over Twitter. Twitter has gotten worse and worse and worse in the last year or two or three in censoring us and, and, and including famously our President Trump, but also many, many others have joined in their list of uh, blackballed uh, people or, or entities. Uh, but like everything else, it's, I hate to use this word, Frank, it is complicated because while Elon is worth $350 billion, he's offered roughly $45 billion, I think, $43 billion for, for Twitter. He doesn't have the cash. He has equity in his companies, and that's not ready cash. And so he has to line up financing. And he offered roughly $40, $54 a share. As of the open this morning, uh, the market's it's about $45 a share. And that normally means that the market's skeptical that he'll be able to bring the deal off. One of our fantasy dream teams, though, is that he somehow teams up with Peter Thiel, who he co-founded PayPal with. And they both they both did very well from that. And I believe they, they're, they're kindred spirits in many ways. They would come they would join up to uh, to beef up this offer. He'll need partners. But if you care about speech, if we get a level playing field with Twitter where all views can be shared, this would be a massive blow for freedom. And I'm, I'm fully in support of what Elon's doing. Yeah. It has a long way to crawl back to free speech, obviously. Um, and without this kind of change in leadership, it's hard to see how it will ever be accomplished, especially when you have uh, the likes of Prince Al-Walid bin Talal of Saudi Arabia saying, no, 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 it's just fine the way it is. And we're going to use our sovereign wealth and personal wealth to try to make sure that it doesn't go anywhere other than more of the same. Bastion of freedom speech. Exactly right. Bill, we have to leave it at that. Thank you, my friend. Great talking with you as always. We'll do it again next week. Next up, we're going to be speaking of, sorry, uh, thanks to all of you for joining us for this edition of Securing America. Come back to us again tomorrow. If you would, same time, same station. Until then, go forth and multiply.